Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hello Sports Tech Live. This is Ron, and uh, just checking to make sure my audio is sounding okay. Because last time I know we had some problems, but yeah, seems to be seems to be all right. Um, all right, it's just me today. Unfortunately, we do not have Benjamin. He is off doing. God knows what. God knows where. It's just, I mean, some people have to take their work seriously, which is what I'm here to do. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be walking you through all the latest news from the world of sports tech, which is what we do every week. Of course, the top five stories from the sports tech universe. So it's just me today. So you'll have to bear with a little bit of the let's say loading and unloading of pages, but I'm gonna kick things off with the first bit of news, which is right here. Lots of funding rounds, lots of funding rounds in the fitness space, it would seem. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of activity from PlayPulse, from Fitter, from Nex, a bunch of companies raising a lot of money. What are these companies, you ask? Well, they're all right here. PlayPulse secured two million for its gamified fitness bike, uh, which they want to create as a fortnight of fitness, shall we say? This is PlayPulse. Um, Change the game. Their gaming fitness bike that allows you to keep getting fitter the more games you play. Sounds like quite fun, no? Um, the next one is Next. Next is a company that we know quite well. They have another product called home court which we've uh, talked about on basketball this is the next platform again talking about fitness and gaming that is their connected um, offering um, yeah everybody watch watch a bunch of games and get fit during that process and another one was oops another one was fitter this is a company in India that raised 11.5 million from Dream Capital and Elysian Park Ventures. Yeah, so it's if anybody who's watching this from India will recognize him, Sunil Shetty. He's a bit of a legend where I come from. He's an actor. Uh, but yeah, this is the fitness community product that they have. Um, so 11.5 million that Fitter raised, Next raised uh, nearly 25 million. Well, yeah, 25 million, and PlayPulse raised 2 million. So the connected fitness space keeps getting fitter, shall we say? Yeah, lots of activity there. What do you think? How has your fitness activities been going? Leave us a chat, drop us a comment, tell us what you think. I'm trying to buy as much time as I can while I set up the next link. All right, that is up and running, and so am. I. The next cool story is automated bartending. Yeah, this is called the Tended Bar in Jacksonville. And as the name suggests, it's debuts a Jacksonville based company debuts an automated bar at a Jaguars game. This, it's called the Tended Bar. Um, the whole idea is, of course, to help people get uh, drinks faster. Yeah. Not no rocket science there. Um, the guys who invented this um, 
one is an one is an inventor the other is a entrepreneur and it's a 10 foot long dispenser of beverages that holds 10 liqueurs uh, 10 liquors sorry uh, 20 liters per type 80 mixer so it can hold a bunch of drinks um yeah and uh, these guys uh, there was some fun stuff that they said in this article yeah so it's not just beers that you're getting you can get some proper cocktails i think this is quite interesting how are they poured no this is not pre-mixed it's not ready in a can that's just opening it no these are poured um on site in whatever ratio you order you can order only a like a max of a double it can be as simple as scotch and water or as complex as a margarita sounds like fun um so yeah as you can see from the images the idea is to um make your bartending or drinks buying experience uh, in a stadium much easier now the first question is well are the drinks going to be any good but maybe that question will be all right but more importantly are these replacing bartenders are these putting other people out of work they say no but i'm not really sure how that would work um yeah i'm just uh perfect oh i was just checking the chat everybody can hear me perfect that's the most important thing um yeah i'm not sure how these will these will work into i mean because they are at the end of the day of course replacing a bartender uh, but what they're saying is that they can um um make drinks available at other hours and not have to rely on a bartender to come in and and do the do the work in person um that is their promise is basically what they're saying they plan to do this in a variety of venues um but yeah as the line goes at the end the one thing that tended bar cannot do it it won't listen to your problems which is the cliche of course of every bartender an interesting story uh coming from the world of drinks in stadiums all right where are we going next ah this is a nice story and it's a bit of a leading story um so let's see how you take this one we've talked about netflix coming into live sports for a while now the headline doesn't say it all this is an interview that netflix ceo uh, Reed Hastings gave to Der Spiegel, uh, a German newspaper. Now, he talks about streaming as a long way off, and yeah, Netflix, the, the models have to be experimented with. But one interestingly line, okay, he talks about he rules out sports broadcasts because the corporation cannot control the source. We don't own Bundesliga. They, they can make deals with whoever they want, but they want to be in more control. But and here's the interesting line referring to formula one he said there's a small loophole because a few years ago the rights to formula one were sold at that time they were not amongst the bidders today we would think about it clearly opening the door to what um netflix has planned in terms of the live sports now a couple of interesting things here obviously the success of drive to survive um uh is is now gone mainstream i mean i've been a long time advocate of drive to survive i finally got ben to watch drive to survive as well uh it's a, it's been a smash hit no doubt netflix is, has seen clear results 
from Drive to Survive. And also, I think the other factor there is the American owners. Liberty Media have shown real, let's say, entrepreneurial spirit in creating new products in, in new formats with Formula One. I mean, there's a huge rule change coming next year to equalize competition between cars. They're trying to make a really attractive product. And I think they've done a really good job of it thus far. Everybody watching the season, it's been a fantastic season. And this will only continue. So it makes sense for Netflix to make this investment. Now, I have a quick question for you guys there in terms of business models. And I read another article because I was really trying to find multiple sources for this and I couldn't. I'll be honest. I just found this one in Der Spiegel. Netflix has traditionally said that live sports doesn't mix with Netflix because um, it's, well, live sports depends on advertising. Netflix does not do advertising very consciously and nor will it start. That's why it makes sense for Amazon Prime and stuff to pick up live sports rights um, because they can move into that format pretty easily. For Netflix, they want to be ad-free. So how does that work with um, the traditional format of live sports? Well, the answer is it can, of course. Uh, Netflix is really good with creating content. They can create more and better content, um, which, will, which would usually be in the ad space. And for us, it's saves time. I mean, there's plenty of advertising happening on the cars, on the drivers anyway, so the sponsors are not getting their value, but the traditional TV advertisement is gone. I think that is one interesting avenue that you, Netflix will create if um, they are to get into into rights. So hopefully it starts with Formula One, because I would love it to be on Netflix. I can only imagine what they would do with it, and let's see where it goes from there. Just checking in on the comments on the stream. Uh, Rakesh, always, thanks so much. Thomas, as long as you can hear me loud and clear, that is really good. Uh, Dawn says, Amazon has launched new fitness products too. I don't know if you're talking about Halo, Dawn. I mean, that's been out for a while. Amazon has been getting serious about fitness for a while. They made a few acquisitions uh, last year as well. So, yeah, we've done, we've covered Fangs getting into fitness, uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, uh, Google, etc. Uh, getting into fitness a lot on this channel. So, yeah, uh, a lot happening in that space. All right. So th that's that story done as well. What is my next story? Ah, some interesting, interesting news from the world of NFTs. Uh, ben would love to be here to share this news, I'm sure. Um, but two actually big pieces of news while I set up those articles. Yeah, there we go. First up, we have, uh, well, actually, I'll go to this one first. This is a big one, Dapper Labs. Dapper Labs finally bringing NFTs to the NFL. But three episodes ago, I think it was, we had talked about the NFL officially banning NFTs. Um, and they just put some sort of ban on the NFT space. And we had said then that we're pretty sure this is just in lieu of them creating a consolidated uh, agreement for themselves, which and there was, let's say, a buzz that they were going to do this in Dapp with Dapper Labs. This is now public. Yeah, I mean, Dapper Labs is going to come out with something for the NFL. Clearly, their experiment with NBA, which is NBA Top Shot, has gone super successfully. Uh, the NFL, it's basically let's say the big boys, the big brother, um, has come to the table. Uh, this has long been in the pipeline, but this has now gone live. This will still be on the NFL, on, on the Dapper Labs uh, blockchain, which is Flow, and is like go live in the uh, during the season still. So I know the season has already been running, 
but it'll go live during the season. Um, the CEO says that they can't wait to bring this opportunity to the 300 million fans that the NFL has. Um, yeah, I mean, we covered Dapper Labs, raised 250 million just recently. So there's a lot of money that has gone in there, eight, nearly 8 billion, 7.5 billion valuation that they got. Lots of buzz. Well, a good chunk of that money will go into this partnership with the NFL, I would assume. Well, that's on one side. Sticking to this, well, it's not exactly, not necessarily blockchain yet, but stitching to the digital collectibles market. Fanatics just announced, this is also hot off the press, both these news stories, I think, came yesterday or the day before. This one is 29 September, yeah, so yesterday. $350 million that Fanatics will invest in um, in their trading cards venture, which they're going to spin off as a separate venture. Fanatics, of course, the e-commerce company, who've raised a ton of money at a really high valuation. I think it was like nine, north of $9 billion. Um, they've raised another round, $350 million, which takes their valuation at 10.4. Now, this $350 million by Silver Lake, Endeavor, etc., it mentions that this is going to be for Fanatics trading cards. Yeah, and they're talking about deals with the MLB, the NFLPA, the NBA, we knew that the, they had acquired the rights to these properties. And now we know how much money they're going to put into these properties as well. So the Fanatics is taking this super, super seriously. Um, yeah, this is a story. The NFL, the NFT world keeps giving up. That's an interesting ad. Ben would have enjoyed that. The uh, NFTs are a fad, Chris. Yeah, man, we can debate this. Listen, I'm actually glad that Ben is not here. Look, I'll, I'll give you my two cents. At the start of the year when NBA Top Shot came out, um, yeah, it looked like super unique. It's a really interesting product. Um, is it a game changer? Is it a fad to be seen? The year has progressively shown us that maybe it was a bit of a fad in the sports space. NFTs in general um, are skyrocketing. The trading volumes in OpenSea, you can see the month on month, are, are only growing. September, I think, was, was their biggest month, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe August. But this news, in the last one month, we've seen uh, SoRare raise $680 million. From who? From SoftBank. Yeah, so these are not mess-around investors. We've seen Dapper Labs raise $250 million. They've announced partnerships with the NFL, also with La Liga, their first entry to European sports. The digital collectibles market, straight, fanatics we're, we're talking about, there have been a there's been a bunch of action, right? And I would say smarter people than me, perhaps, are making these bets. Nobody is at all saying that investors are wrong and have not been wrong in this way in the past. But it's almost becoming where NFTs are too big to fail. Is, is that a thing? There's so much money that is being invested into these plays. And that's on one part. And the other part of it is, which we touched upon in last week's show, which is the connection, obviously, to crypto and the connection with crypto, blockchain, and sports betting. And Fanatics, when they raised their last round of funding, they did two things. Um, they announced that they would be launching a trading cards venture, which is, again, more money that you can see here. And the other thing, that they would be launching a sports book. Now, how these two will connect is yet to be seen. But my theory, and Ben doesn't share this theory, by the way, but my theory is, that you will see an aggregated 
NFT sports betting play from some of these guys. DraftKings, we know, has already invested in their own uh, NFT platform. They sorry, they actually they invested in in Autograph. Um, so yeah, I mean, but they they're getting closer and closer um, to that space. Um, but um, yeah, I'm just reading your comments, friends. They're too big to fail. That was tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, no messing around. I saw the winky. Um, Top Shot and Christie's auction proved that. Yeah, exactly. It's gone mainstream, and this is still a very, very um, small audience that they're tapping into. This will only get bigger. But yeah, the big boys have come out to play, shall we say, with the latest investment rounds. All right. I feel like I'm talking too much about NFTs. This is usually Ben's space. So I'm going to move on to the top story of the day. Let me pull this one out. And actually, right on topic. We were talking about sports betting, and look who the latest entry into this market is. It is Disney, right? This is again longer than expected. NBC and Fox have had their um, sports books, which have been live for a while now, and now it's clear from an interview with uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek. Chapek, I don't know how you pronounce it exactly, but this is this is what they're going to do. Disney is going to do it through ESPN, of course, and yeah, they they're going to be very aggressive. I think Bob's words were there exactly that. They're going to be aggressive in sports betting, and they're going to do partnerships with ESPN. We've also already seen ESPN launch a number of shows that they have. Um, they have one with the NBA, which is dedicated. To, uh, to betting, ESPN has already also had another show, uh, another property, which was a podcast that they converted into a betting show, um, which is, again, betting-focused broadcast. So ESPN getting closer to their own sports book. Yeah, I think that seems to be the direction that they're going in. Um, but, they're, but they want to do it with a partner. Here's the interesting thing. And this is where things hot up a bit because I don't know if they're a bit late to the game. There, are, there is still plenty of players out there, but it almost feels like all the other guys, like Barstool Sports were super aggressive right at the top. They raised $160 million at the start of 2020, and most of that, it seems, has gone into their sports book. So they've already made some good gains there. Um, Fox, I, we've spoken about previously on the show. Uh, NBC as well with their sports book. So ESPN is looking for a partner. Um, who this partner will be, probably a casino, you would expect. A lot of the big casinos, Bollies, etc., have done big deals themselves. So maybe because that's where they'll go. Um, yeah, I mean, you can see from his story, uh, SI did a, a story with Triple Eight Holdings um, to, to get into the sportsbook market. I mean, the size of the, of the sports betting market is huge, $37 billion by 2025 and everybody wants to get a piece of it but i think disney's leverage is a bit unique and this is what the story outlines i mean disney has broadcast rights for pretty much everything right and i mean they're a huge holder they also already have a huge subscriber base including across its subscription services um so will disney plus give them some sort of leverage um i i'm not sure of what fox and nbc's numbers are but I'm, i think disney is is bigger than those in terms of their uh, uh subscribers 
So will that give Disney a leg up in terms of getting it, making it easier for them to push sports betting um, broadcasts to their users? That is something to be seen. We'll watch this space for you guys very actively. But, but yeah, Disney getting in as well is a big story for or uh, my top story for today. And that is actually it. I've gone through that show pretty quick. See, well, that's what happens when I don't have Ben slowing me down. <laughs>